0: We are the family of God. Hello. Thank you for
1: listening to the Avenue G-CLC podcast. My name is Christopher Stevens, and I'm the minister at the Avenue G Church of Christ, where we are people of more. We hope that you enjoy and have enjoyed listening to this podcast, where you can find sermons, congregational singing, and talk shows with myself and youth minister Joshua Williams. We pray that the content is a blessing to you and we hope that everyone listening can join us in person for worship and Bible class. We are located at 601 West Avenue G, Temple, Texas, 76504. And don't forget to visit us online at avegcoc.org. From the people of Moore to you, thank you and God bless. Of us are blessed to be here on this morning. I feel as though I'm blessed to be here on this morning to worship together with you all online with our skeleton crew here. We've got a we got a skeleton crew of singers so we can try to make the experience of of the song service as immersive as possible. And, and don't worry, we do have ourselves socially distanced in the corners of the room. It's a blessing to be here. I appreciate the our skeleton crew for being here on today. We have Brother Rowe, uh, Brother Stevens, my father, Josh, uh, Shatia, my mom, uh, Sister Anderson, and Brother Arnold here. We appreciate you guys uh, helping to do something positive for the members of this congregation and many others who have joined us on today to worship God in spirit and in truth. Uh, if you if you're at home right now, give them a hand for for being here. On on today, oh, sister Bond. I forgot about your sister Bond. She's here too. Uh, on the, on today we continue our series on the uh, of laments, our series of laments, and and this series I, I felt like was necessary. Now now I want to explain to you guys because I just got another message here. Listen, we are streaming live. This isn't pre recorded, so if you text me about something, I can't fix it. Okay, all right. So just 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 deal with us as 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 uh, lovingly as you can, but I can't fix anything right now. I'm preaching, all right. So uh, we we started this series on laments on last week because I I was just i read a, a post from uh, one of our brothers on Facebook who had submitted a post from uh, N.T. Wright that was talking about laments, and I was just like, that is really useful for right now and and in our in our society that we exist in in this country that we live in where we have so many rights and so many privileges we oftentimes don't get an opportunity to engage in laments to express our our deep concerns and our sufferings to God and and, and there's an avenue for that we don't have to hold that in and make ourselves sick mentally and physically but God has given us an avenue to speak to him the things that are actually on our heart because guess what he already knows it anyway amen So when we look at this, I want to start off, uh, last week we started off with the the sermon called How. We looked at how, and and we looked at Lamentations chapter 1. We looked at a group of God's people who were actually guilty, and so God punished them for their guilt, and in their guilt and in their suffering, even though they were guilty, God still allowed them the avenue to cry out to them, and guess what? God eventually heard their cry. And I want you to understand that that when you're going through suffering, when you're going through pain, that it's not always caused by something that you did. It's not always caused by something that you did. Sometimes God sets us up and and, and puts us into places to where we can be a a, a message and a ministry to someone else. Now, I want to talk to you this morning about something that I'm very familiar with. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Uh, uh, Today, the lesson is titled Why? Today's lesson is titled Why. Now, something that I'm familiar with is double vision. Double vision. Now, now, now sometimes uh, I take off my glasses. I can go a bit cross-eyed. But uh, I've taken some some big blows to the head in my life. I remember as a kid falling off of the bunk bed, hitting my head. I remember playing football, going head-to-head with someone else. And you you open your eyes, and you see two worlds or two realities. Uh, Take a look at what this looks like here. Sometimes it can be as confusing as that image there or or that image there or even that image there. You know, you get knocked out or something, you get hit hard, somebody come and hold their fingers over your face and say, how many fingers do I have? Well, let me get my vision straight first and I'll be able to tell you. But as I began to read this passage here uh, that we'll be looking at in Psalm 22, I I started to think about double vision and, and how, Whenever we see two of the same thing, uh, both of those realities are real, right? Uh, when we see two of the same thing, somebody hold up their hand over you while you're uh, experiencing double vision. Uh, even though the, the image is split, both of those things are very real. And sometimes suffering can be that way. I want you to understand that sometimes when we're in the midst of our suffering, I want you to understand that we. Are seeing a spiritual double vision of source because on one hand, out of, uh, of of the the worrying eye and the the concern eye, we see our suffering and it's very real and it's 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 present with us and it's creeping in on us and that's very real. But out of the other eye, as as people of God, we must also remember that there's a reality that exists that God is still omnipotent and all powerful in all places at the same time, existing in the presence of your suffering and also existing in the solution on the next day or the next month or the next year, also all at the same time because he's not bound by the same confines of time that we're bound in. So he's here in your suffering now that you're experiencing and he's also in your solution on tomorrow. So this double vision that we see, both realities, is very, very real. Our spiritual double vision consists of the reality of our suffering and the reality of God having omnipotence. Many of us will remember the words that were spoken. There's a lot of churches going uh, live today speaking about the resurrection of Jesus. But I, I, I just, I, I to be honest with you, I didn't feel as though that type of celebration was fit for today. I, I, I know that we have many people who are suffering right now. We just lost a brother On Wednesday. Then we lost another brother on Thursday, and people are losing their jobs, and people are having to go around with these tight-fitting masks on their faces just to go grocery shopping, and things just aren't normal right now. And so as we exist in this abnormal time, as we exist in this time of suffering, as we exist in this time of mourning, I want us to be able to understand that we can ask God the question, why? Now, turn your Bibles with me to the book of uh, Matthew chapter 27. I want to examine for a brief moment and then move on to our text of Psalm 22. Matthew chapter 27, verse number 46 through 50. The Bible reads in these famous words uh, of Jesus uh, as as he is on the cross, before the greatest sacrifice, he says in verse 46, in about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Verse 47 reads, and some of the bystanders hearing it said, this man is calling Elijah. And one of them at once ran and took a sponge, filled it with sour wine, and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink. But the other said, wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. As we look at this, Jesus on the cross, before he gives up his last breath, he cries out with the words, Eli, Eli, lama God, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you forsaken me? As we examine this, as we examine this, I want you to understand that while Jesus is experiencing intense pain, while Jesus is experiencing a moment of abandonment or being forsaken, I want you to understand that is much more than that. Turn your Bibles with me to Psalm 22, Psalm 22. Psalm 22, and I'll be reading from the ESV version today. Uh, The ESV version today. I won't read the text in its entirety. I'll start off and I'll read through it, and I'll I'll cover the text as I go through it. The Bible reads in verse 1 and 2. It says, My God,
2: my God, why
1: Have you forsaken me? Go ahead, Brother Arnold. Read read verse 1 and 2 for me.
2: Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Right here. Keep reading. Verse 2. Oh, my God, I cry by day, but Uh you do not answer. And by night, but I find no rest.
1: I want you to understand today, before we get into this thing, that that David is the one who writes this psalm here, and David is is writing what he's feeling at at the very moment. At this very moment, David is writing about what he is experiencing and what he is going to. But I want to remind you that David, uh, just as many other prophets in the Old Testament, uh, look at prophecy this way. Uh, Prophecy is like uh, when you throw a stone into water and you see the ripple and it means what it means in that moment. But then the ripple doesn't stop there, but the ripple expands and and it continues on to grow larger and larger. And each generation it means something different. So as we look at this, we can look at, ver- go back to verse 1 again. We see the next ripple that is caused by what David says. David meant it for himself as he speaks these words, but these are the exact words. These are the exact circumstances that Jesus himself is going through. So as Jesus is on the cross, he's nailed to a piece of wood, y'all. He's, he's experiencing pain. He has people who are right there in front of him, mocking him needlessly, pointlessly. And he speaks the words. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now, I want you to understand that that Jesus is not praying to a God who isn't there. Why would he be praying to God if, he, if he's actually gone? What Jesus is trying to get us to understand and what the writer of the psalm is trying to get us to understand is, is that right now in the moment of suffering, as they're experiencing, they're saying, God, why are you not acting? I feel like you're far from me, God. Why is it that you're not doing anything? I'm forsaken. I'm innocent. I haven't done anything wrong. Why am I feeling like I'm feeling? He's been suffering. Think about what Jesus is going through at this point in time. Jesus has been suffering all night long well into the day, being beat, being hit, being spit on. And now he's nailed up on a piece of wood while people make fun of him. And he asks, God, why? Have you forsaken me? You're far from me. He feels as though he's not there. He says, I cry by day, but you do not answer. Verse 2, and by night I find no rest. Brother Arnold, read verses 3 through 5 for us. Yet you are holy. He says, even though I exist in this pain and this turmoil, look at this. When Jesus says these words on the cross, he doesn't want you to look at the why God, why God forsake me and stop. But he's making you call back and remember this psalm here. Look at what he says here. Read, read, read three Ye- through five. Yet you are holy
2: enthroned on the praises
1: of his says, Israel. Yet you are holy enthroned on the praises of Israel.
2: In you, our fathers trusted. Uh They trusted and you delivered them. Uh To you, they cried and were rescued. Uh In you, they trusted and were not put to shame. Jesus
1: and the psalmist understands that even though in my suffering, I'm feeling what I'm feeling, the sense of abandonment, and I want God to act, I also understand and I realize that God is holy. He says in verse number three, God, you are holy. Even though I'm going through what I'm going through, you're holy. You are righteous. I remember, he says, I remember what you did for the people in the past, those who suffered just as I'm suffering now, and I know that you redeemed them. I remember that, God. You delivered them as they trusted in you. And I want to ask right now, as you're going through your season of suffering, your season of pain, your season of trial, do you trust God? Do you trust God? The Bible says in verse 5, to you they cried and were rescued. In you they trusted and they were not put put to shame. The formula is simple, people. They had confidence in God. And God did not let them down. They had confidence in God, and God did not let them down. Read verses 6 through 8, Brother Arnold.
2: But I am a worm and not a man. He says, but I am a worm and not a man. Scorned by mankind and despised by the people. Keep on. All who see me mock me. Uh They make mouths at me. Uh They wag their heads. He trusts in the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him, for he delights in him. His focus. Look. He saw, look, from verses 1
1: through 3. And then three, uh, four through five, you see this double vision happen. He's saying, on one hand, I have my suffering. On the other, I know that God is a good God, and he delivers those who cry out to him. And I have to ask again, are you crying out to God in this time where we don't really understand what's going on? We don't know when this thing is going to be over. We don't understand what's happening and why it's happening when we ourselves feel as though we haven't done anything wrong. Are we crying out to God because we know that God responds to his children. He focuses again on his secondary vision, and then he says, I'm less than a man. I'm a worm. Now, now, whenever they see themselves at this time, they would talk about them, somebody being a worm, themselves being a worm. They were looking down on themselves. He says, I'm scorned by mankind, despised by the people. All who see me Mock me, verse 7 says, and they make mouths at me. They wag their heads. They're pointing and they're laughing at this psalmist David here, and Jesus is going through the exact same thing. Look at Matthew 27, verse 43. The Bible reads what? He
2: trusts in God.
1: This is what they're saying about Jesus as he's on the cross. This man is dying. Nobody can honestly point a finger at him as to him being guilty, but here they are saying he trusts in God. What? Let God deliver him. They said let God deliver him if he trusts so much in God, huh? What did he say? If he desires him, Uh for he
2: said, I am the son of God. Uh Uh-huh. They mocked Jesus. They made fun of Jesus.
1: Psalm 22, 9 through 10, the Bible reads also what? Yet you are he who took me from the womb. He starts again. He he went back to the place where he was feeling like less than a man. And then he also, then he sees through that other eye again. He says, yet, yet you are he who took me from the womb. You're the one who took me from the womb. Keep reading.
2: You made me trust you at my mother's breast. He said, you made
1: me trust you. You made me trust. Trust you, verse number 9. Verse number 9. Bring that up on the screen, please. You made me trust you at my mother's breast. Verse 10. On you was I cast from my birth. It says, on you was I cast from my birth. This, this verb here, to throw. I was made to know you, made to love you from my birth, from my childhood, all the way into manhood. I was made to know you. Keep read verse ten.
2: On you was I cast from my birth, uh-huh. and from my mother's womb you have been my God.
1: Say, I've known you for a very long time, God, and you've been my God since I was a since I was a boy, since I was young. He continues on to verse 11 through 13. What does he say? Be not far from me. Listen to the emotion here. He says again, don't be far from me. Come, please help me. I, I, I I'm, I'm stuck up here in this situation, just as you might be stuck in a situation of suffering. Nothing you can do anything about. And you feel as though God is far from you. You you know that he's there cuz you still cry out to him. You still pray to him, but he's just not acting on your situation currently. And you're saying, "God, don't be far from me. Please do something about my situation. I I know that you see me. I know who you are. I know how you how you acted for my people who have believed in you in the past. Please, please God, don't be Far from me. In
2: verse 11, he says, don't be far from me. Why? For trouble is near. He says, trouble is near. Keep reading And there is 13. none to help. Many bulls encompass me. Many bulls strong, encompass me. Strong bulls me. of Bashan surround me. Uh-huh. They open wide their mouths at me uh-huh. like a ravening and roaring lion. What he's saying is, God, this thing that I'm going through is real. The
1: The, the danger of what I'm seeing is so real. It's like bulls. Surrounding me. It's like lions with their mouth open. This illness that I'm dealing with is going to kill me, God, if you don't hurry up and act. These these bills that I can't afford to pay. God, if you could just make this stimulus check come on tomorrow. God, I just got laid off from my job. I can't afford my rent. I can't afford my house payment. My kids need food in the refrigerator. God, I'm running out of food. I'm running out of time. I've run out of money. God, these things are closing in on me. When? When? When, oh God. Are you going to act? Because I I can't do it. I can't I can't do it. And and these problems, these things that are seeking, that are that are, are creeping up on me, they seek to devour me, to destroy me. That boss that you that you you blessed me with a job, but I wasn't blessed with a good boss, and they seek to devour me. The illness seeks to devour me. The lack of money seeks to devour me and my family. God, when. Are you going to act? Don't be far from me. Just imagine feeling this. I know that some of you are feeling this right now. I have a cousin that just asked yesterday to pray for him. He lost his job as well. We are going through rough times right now. We're going through rough times right now. And we need to be a people who call out and cry out to God. Verse 14, what does it say here?
2: I'm poured out like water. He says, I am
1: poured out like water. Uh, I, I used to be stern and steady whenever I had things going my way, but right now I, I'm just all over the place, God. What does he say?
2: Keep reading. And all my bones are out of joint. He says, all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. My heart is like wax. It is melted within my breast. Keep breath. reading. My strength is dried up like potsherd. My strength is dried up like a potsherd. And my tongue sticks to my jaws. Come on now. You lay me in the dust of death. David right here
1: it, you see God just showing out right here because God calls and, and inspired David to write this psalm and David might not have known it then, but this is the exact thing that Jesus is going through. look at this verse number 14 I'm poured out like water, all my bones are out of joint. that verb right there means my my joints are, are stretched out, right? My joints are stretched out. Can you see Jesus on the cross? My heart is like wax. Melted within my breast and my thoughts, right? They're, they're, they're just, they're failing me. I'm feeling weak. My strength is dried up like a potsherd. Can you see Jesus thirsting on the cross? Wanting a drink and they give him no water, but they give him something sour to drink. My tongue sticks to my jaws. I'm unable to speak. I, I, I'm just, i just, I, I'm laid in the dust of death, verse 15 says. God, I'm dying. God, I'm dying, I'm losing, and you're allowing it. God, I'm losing, and you're allowing it. How many of us are there right now? To where we feel like God has given up on us. To where we feel like God is not recognizing our present circumstances. We see other people who are deserving, uh, as we see in our eyes, of what we're currently receiving. And we say, God, I'm losing, and I'm righteous. God, I've been doing what you wanted me to do. God, I've been obedient to your will and your way. Why am I here in the dust of death? He continues on in verse number 16. It says what? For dogs encompass me. It says dogs encompass me. Now, I want you to understand that in this time, dogs were not seen as we see dogs today. They're not man's best friend at this time, even though they had just started domesticating dogs. They're not seen as man's best friend. Dogs roamed in packs at this time, and they would often be found outside of the city walls, scrounging around together to find food and to do other things that that dogs do when they're in the wild. It says, For
2: dogs... Encompass me. Keep reading. A company of evil doers encircle me. All through 18. Come on. They have pierced my hands and feet. Uh. I can count all my bones. Uh-huh. They stared and gloat over me. Uh-huh. They divide my garments among them. Now and he's, for my clothing, they cast lots. For my locks.
1: clothing, they cast lots. Now, he says "Dogs," uh, To, to describe somebody who was evil at this time, you will say they were dogs. He's saying there's there's so many enemies who seek for my demise and they're winning right now. He says they're winning right now. They're overcoming me. They're encircling me. And he says right here, oh man, I look at what David says right here. There's there's nothing in the Bible that describes David ever having his hands and his feet pierced. Nothing. But here he says, they have pierced my hands and feet. Some, Some manuscripts may read, of uh, 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 something in the source of a lying, a lion, but uh, we see in in older ones that, that they, they say that the the hands and the feet were pierced. The suffering, innocent person. Jesus' hands, feet, pierced. Verse 17 says, I can count all my bones. This right here is prophetic in itself. God is showing out again where it says, not a bone of him shall be broken. But this right here describes a man. If you can see your bones, you're skinny. You're emaciated. You're you're, you're spent. He says, I can count on my bones, and they stare and gloat over me. And then verse 18 is the kicker. Verse 18 is the kicker. What does it say there? Verse 18,
2: read that again. They divide my garments among them, and Uh from my clothing they cast lots.
1: He says, they're not even waiting for me to die. They're arguing and, and, and gambling over my clothes, and I can see them gambling over something that belongs to me before I'm even gone. God, I'm in a bad place. Can you imagine someone coming to your home and saying, okay, I want this and this and this, as you're going through your hard time and your suffering, as you're about to die? They don't wait for the estate sale, but they come while you're there suffering and say, I want that couch. I want that television am I in your will Jesus David filling these things they they treat him as though he's dead even though he is still living both David and Jesus they see very, two very real realities two very real realities one is suffering and one is the omnipotence of God question that I want to ask you is if both God and your suffering is real, which one do you put more faith in? When you're seeing this double vision and the the, the reality of your suffering on one end and the omnipotence of God on the other, which one do you focus in on and have more faith in? Because they're both real. And they're both going to be felt. Which one do you have more faith in? That your suffering will never end? Or that God it's all powerful. As we look at verse number 19, the Bible reads in 19 through
2: 21, what does it say? Deliver my soul from the sword, my precious life from the power of the verse dog. Verse number 19. But you, O Lord, do not be far off. Thank you, off. thank you, thank you. He says, but you, O Lord, do not be afar off. Keep reading. O you my help, Uh come quickly to my aid. Verse 20. Deliver my soul from the sword, Uh my precious life from the power of the dog. Uh Save me from the mouth of the lion. Uh You have rescued me from the horns of the wild oxen.
1: Again here, he's going through these things in his mind. He makes a request again. He says, God don't be far away from where I am currently. God, the things that I'm experiencing are real and they are dangerous. And they're frankly starting to scare me that I'm going through these things because I know that I'm your child. I remember what you do for your people. And when they call out to you, you answer, you respond. God is getting real. God is getting real. And I need you to save me. I'm requesting for you to save me. This psalm is here, and Jesus did not stop asking God to save them, for God to answer, for God to see them. They kept on asking and crying out to God for God to do something. Do not give up. If you're a child of God, you know that you have an avenue to God. Don't stop asking for him to respond. Verse 22, the Bible reads,
2: I will tell of your name to my brothers. He says
1: right here, God, I'm requesting that you would save me, and I'm making a request from you, God. I'm going to, if, if you save me, I'm making a vow to you that I will tell your name to everybody. I'm going to speak of your praises to everybody if you save me. God, I make this vow to you. I make this promise to you. That I'll
2: do what? Keep reading, brother. In the midst of the congregation, I Uh will praise you. Uh-huh. You who fear the Lord, praise him. Uh-huh. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify him. He
1: said, I'm going and to tell it to those that, that worship God. I'm going to tell it to those of the congregation. I'm going to sing of your praise. Those who fear God to the offspring of Jacob, glorify him.
2: What? What does he and say? stand in awe of him. Uh-huh. All you offspring of Israel. Why? For he is not despised or abhorred. He
1: says, for he has not despised or abhorred. The affliction of the afflicted. He's still in his suffering, but he's saying, God, I know that you're going to bring me through. I know that you're going to bring me out of what I'm going through, and I know this, and I can say this, and I can make this vow, because I know that it's real. I know that you're going to do it, and I'm going to tell everybody that you, God, Save those who are suffering. You, God, bring those out of pain that are feeling pain. You, God, bring your children out of impossible situations. I'm going to sing your praises, and he makes up his mind to do so while he's in the suffering. Keep
2: reading, and he has not hidden his face from him, uh-huh. but he has, but has heard when he cried to him. Uh-huh. For you come, for you. For from you comes my praise in the great congregation. Uh-huh. My vows I will perform before those who fear him. Now,
1: now, 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 reading this on the surface, we don't really see the significance of what's happening here. Now, they had what is called a votive sacrifice in this time. And this means that if somebody made a vow to God and God actually came through with a the request, then at that point in time, they would not keep that good thing that God did for them to themselves. Y'all understand that? Uh, If you look at Leviticus chapter 7, Leviticus chapter 7, verse number 16, it says, but if the sacrifice of his offering is a vow of offering, this is a votive sacrifice. So if I say, okay, God, if you just save me from this predicament that I'm in and God does it, this right here is what they did. It says that uh, a a, a vow offering or a free will offering, it shall be eaten on the day that he offers his sacrifice and on the next day, what remains of it shall be eaten. So what it's saying there in essence is, is that when God did something for them and they kept and God answered their vow, they would keep the vow and go on celebrating for two days. They were having a feast and celebrating for two days based on the fact that God answered their prayer. Now, look, keep, keep looking at this. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 12, uh, verse 17 through 19. The Bible says, you may not eat within your towns the tithe of your grain or of your wine or of your oil or the firstborn of your herd or of the flock or of any of your vow offerings. All right. This right here. Listen, that you vow or your freewill offerings or the contribution that you present. But you shall eat them before the Lord. Pay attention to how they celebrate this. But you shall eat them before the Lord. Your God in the place that the Lord, your God, will choose you. Your son, your daughter, your male servant, your female servant, the Levite who is within your towns, and you shall rejoice before the Lord your God in all that you undertake. Take care that you do not neglect the Levite as long as you live in your land. What this is saying right here is when you have a vow offering and God, because God answered your prayer. You keep your prayer and you don't just keep it to, I mean, you keep your vow and you don't just keep the answer prayer to yourself. But you tell your son, you tell your daughter, you tell the Levites, you tell the neighbors, you tell the co-workers, you tell the whole world how good God is and how he answered your call when you couldn't do anything for yourself. You see, Psalm is here in Psalm chapter 22 is saying that I'm making a vow to you, God. And when you respond, because I know you're going to respond, I'm going to tell everybody. Jesus speaks the word. I want to remind you again, "Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani," God, why have you forsaken me? He's just starting out the song. He wants to he wants for us to understand what this is saying here. Jesus understood it so much that if you look at Hebrews chapter 2 verses 11 through 12, The Bible says, this is Jesus, what Jesus did when God answered him, because he said very clearly, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, because it's recorded in Scripture for us. It says, for he who sanctifies those who are sanctified all have one source. That is why he is not ashamed to call them brothers. Watch what Jesus does in verse 12, saying, continue, I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will sing your praise. That is a direct quotation from psalm 22 where Jesus is saying you did for me God what I needed you to do and I'm going to tell everybody and through his example we do the same amen Jesus set the example he set the standard that because my father acted on my behalf I want you to do the same when God answers your prayer and you made a vow to God to do what uh, uh, to do something for God based on his blessing you ought to keep it And it ought not be secret from the world. In the midst of the congregation, I will sing your praise. How many of us out there, just based on the fact of God answering these blessings that we have received during the time of this crisis, the time of this pandemic, have taken the time to say, God, you're a good God, and tell it to the world. We share so many things on social media. Our top ten songs, our likes, our pictures our quizzes, our formulas, how many of us are taking time to tell the world that God will save? Verse 22, uh, verse 26, again, Romans, and in Psalms chapter 22, verse 26, eat that all the way down to, to, to 31. He, he's saying right here, the psalmist is stating, I'm going to continue to tell people. Look at what he says in verse 26.
2: The afflicted shall eat and be satisfied. He says, the afflicted, those, once I tell
1: what God has done in my life, Once I tell what God has done in my life, I'm going to spread the word, and when I spread the word, look, what happens when your suffering is not just about you. Look what happens when you start to understand that the things that you go through sometimes aren't to benefit you, but to benefit others. When people see that you are in an impossible situation and God delivered you from it, they start to see that God is omnipotent. God is all-powerful. God is the one who saves from those impossible situations that you can't save yourself from. And when they get to know that same God, the afflicted, it says, eat and be satisfied. Keep reading. Those who seek him shall praise those the Those who seek and praise us. Those who seek him shall praise the Lord. Keep reading. May your hearts live forever. May your hearts, may your hearts, may your hearts live forever. Those who seek after God, those who know God that answers prayers, those who that knows the God that rescues people, they shall live forever. Keep reading. Verse All the ends
2: of the earth shall remember and turn to the It says that it's Lord. not
1: just the case that my household or my brothers and sisters and those who believe in God, know about this God, but everybody to all ends of the earth shall remember. And in those times, they shall turn to the Lord. Keep reading. And all the families of the nations shall the worship before All the families of the nations, not just those who belong to Israel, but the nations, those who don't know God, they're going to know God based on my suffering, based on the situation that I was in when I cried out, why? When the, when the thing that was coming into my life was about to harm me and they see me delivered later, they're going to know that God is the one who delivers. Keep reading for the
2: kingship belongs to the Lord
1: the kingship belongs to the Lord and he rules over the nations it says he rules over the nations I want you to see that God doesn't just rule over those who obey him those who know him but God is a ruler of all nations all people over life and death God doesn't have to ask for permission to do anything in your life God will answer your prayers just as he answered Jesus prayers as he's on the cross saying Eli Eli. Why? 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 God, have you forsaken me?
2: Keep reading there. All the prosperous of the earth eat and
1: worship. It says all the prosperous. I got a kick out of this as I'm doing my translation. uh, In this psalm right here, uh, the Bible refers to rich people. uh, The word that they use there is fat. It says all the fat ones, all the fat, juicy ones shall serve him. Amen. Now, now I will be considered rich in this time, right? Uh, all posterity shall serve him. What does it say there? Keep reading. Before him shall bow all who go down to the dust. It says, behold, uh, uh, verse 30, it shall be told of the
2: Lord to what? It shall be told of the Lord to the coming generation. It says they- here
1: that this thing that happens in this time of my suffering, in the time of my deliverance, it won't stop there. But it's going to continue to be told to future generations, to people in the future. Jesus went through this suffering, and he said those words today, and there was a crowd of some people up on that mount. And they saw Jesus suffering, and they saw him going, what he was going through. And while they were mocking him, they thought that he was crying out for Elijah, but he was saying, Eli, Eli, right? That's how he said it In, in Hebrew. He's saying God, not Elijah, but he's saying God you've forsaken me. And instead of them understanding and trying to listen to what Jesus is saying there, they make fun of him. Jesus cries out and only uh, a a crowd can hear him, barely. And yet, his voice still carries to April 12, 2020. Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. Future generations still hear him today, just as they'll hear your suffering and your praising when God delivers you. Keep reading verse 31. What does the Bible say there? They
2: shall come and proclaim his righteousness. It says they shall come
1: and proclaim his righteousness. When they hear, think about this, when the future generations hear about this, it says they shall come and proclaim his righteousness. What? To a people yet unborn. Uh Uh-huh. What? That he has done it. I want you to see this here because this is shouting ground. When you look at this here, the psalmist says, and, and, and Jesus Uh, 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 he kind of alludes to this as well. The psalmist says, they're going to come one day. And then when they see what has been done, they'll proclaim his righteousness. They'll proclaim that he is morally upright, that he is the one who does what is right and what is holy, that God is the one who does save. And then when they proclaim, they're going to say he has done it. Now, when you look at the Hebrew letters here, the Hebrew right here at the end says, Ki Asah. Ki Asah, and I want you to focus on this. Ki Asah can be translated, for it is done. Hear this again. Ki Asah can be translated, for it is done. Not that just that he has done it, but for it has been done. Go back to John chapter 19, verse 30. John chapter 19,
2: verse 30. What does the Bible say there? When Jesus had received the sour wine. Listen,
1: you're about to be blessed. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, I thirst. He says he received the sour wine, and he said what? It is finished. It, it, it is finished. It is done. God has done it. When he speaks the word, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, he stays silent. I could just imagine Jesus on the cross sitting there saying, God, I know that my suffering is real. I know that what I'm going through is painful, but I know that you're an omnipotent, God. I know that you're omnipotent, God. I know that you're going to save me. I know that I feel this pain. I know that I feel less than a man. I know that they're mocking me, but I also know what you did to those people and for the people who cried out to you. God, I know this. And I know that when I'm going through what I'm going through after this, future generations shall remember the words that I speak here on the cross today. And they're going to proclaim that you did it. That you did it. You accomplished what was set out for me to do. Just like the suffering that you're going through. One day will be over. And God will do it for you. If you're not a Christian this morning, I want you to understand all of these benefits that I speak of this morning where God works out your problems for you, does what you can't do for yourself. You're missing out on it. You have to hear the word of God. God sent his son down here with a plan. He came down in the form of a man. He was sacrificed on the cross. He lived a perfect life, was not guilty of any sin. Yet they crucified him. They beat him. They spit on him. He cried out on the cross, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. And I have to just ask the question this morning, do you believe it? Do you believe that Jesus came down here to do that and make that sacrifice happen for you? The, se- the next thing that you must do is repent of your sins. You have to say, I, I-, I choose to change my mind about the things that I'm doing. I don't want to sin anymore. I'm not okay with living in sin. And when you change your mind, it leads to a change of action. Will you confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? When you do so, you pledge allegiance to Jesus Christ. And the next thing that you must do is be baptized for the remission of your sins. When you are baptized, you meet the blood of Jesus in the water. And guess what? You go down as the old you. You meet the blood of Jesus. You come up new. And you can shout on that day, I was in sin, but Jesus' blood washed it away. He did it. It is finished. I want you to respond to the call. If you want to be baptized, call us, 254-598-2407. Send a text message. Email us. We will baptize you on today. If you stand in need of prayer, submit a prayer request, we will pray for you and with you. Please do so as we sing the song of invitation. Oh, Lord, and oh,
0: Lord, and oh, Lord, you restore, sing again, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, oh Lord. It, give it to Him. He, he will fix, fix it, it, and You restore. It. So glad that I found favor. Me. I found favor, oh, and I found I found favor, I found favor in Your oh, sight, Lord. I found, I found favor, and You restore. Yes, Lord, me. I found mercy, and I found mercy. I found mercy, now I found mercy. You restored. Sing Jesus, 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 Jesus. I'm so glad Jesus, that you restored. Sing one more time now, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, 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 I'm so glad I can call on your holy name Jesus, I'm so glad that you restored
1: me It's not over. Keep listening for some singing.
0: If anybody has a reason to sing, we do. Well, now we do. Well, if anybody has a reason to sing, yeah, we do. Let's know that we do. Come on and let's praise the Lord. Come on and let's praise the Lord. Well, let's praise the Lord. Well, let's praise the Lord. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Sing it again.
2: Anybody has a reason
0: to see. You know that we do, yes we do. Come on, if anybody has a reason to sing. We do, we do. Yes we do. we do. Come on, let's praise the Lord. Come on, let's praise the Lord. Well, let's praise the Lord. Well, let's praise the Lord. Well, praise the Lord. Well, praise the Lord. If anybody has a Message to give. Yes, we do. We We do. do. Yes, we do. We do. If anybody has messages to give, come on. You know that we we do. do. Yes, we do. do. Come on and let's let's praise the Lord. We love praise the the Lord. 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 Come on and let's Let's praise praise the Lord. 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 Yeah, let's Let's praise the Lord. body has see to give. give we do. Yes, we do. We do. Come on and well, let's, let's praise the Lord. Well, let's praise the Lord. Come on and let's, let's praise, praise the Lord. The Lord. Well, let's, let's praise the Lord. Well, if anybody if has anybody come has on and let's shout reason, shout. reason to shout. Yeah, let's praise, let's praise the Lord, the Lord. yeah, come Lord. on and let's shout, if, if anybody has, reason has to a reason to on, shout, come on and we, we do. do, yes we do, we people do. of God, if, if anybody has a reason, reason to shout, shout. we do. do, come on let's shout, we come do. on y'all, let's, let's praise the Lord, the Lord. Come Let's praise let's the, Lord. the Lord, yeah, let's, let's praise, praise the, Lord. the Lord, yeah, let's, let's praise, praise the Lord. Lord. If anybody, if anybody if has reason, a reason to see, come sing. on, let's sing, we do. He's worthy of your praises, we well, if, if anybody, anybody has risen a to reason sing, to see well, sing. you know that we, we do of God, come on y'all, let's praise the Lord, Lord. come on, let's praise the Lord, come on, let's praise the Lord, Lord. Lord. he's worthy, come on, if anybody here, if anybody has reason to see, right now we do, we We do, do. yes we do, we We do, do. well, if If anybody has reason to see, come on, we come. Come on, let's Let's praise the Lord. Come on, let's praise the Lord. Lord. Come on, let's Let's praise praise the Lord. Lord. Amen. If
3: anybody has a reason to sing, we do. Amen. People of God, we are going through a tough time. We we know that we are all experiencing uh, moments of unprecedented and uh, we just come to give God some praise on this morning. And whatever you're struggling with, Whatever you're going through on this morning, we want you to sing with us. Ask God to give you that mountain. Whatever you're trying to get over, whatever you're struggling with, we're going to ask God to give us the victory. He's able to give you the victory. He's able to deliver you. He's able to help you climb over. All you got to do is put your trust in him. Amen. Give me this mountain is what we're going to be singing. Sing with us. Soprano, sing with us.
0: Give me this mountain. Come on. Give me this mountain. Give me this mountain. Lord.
3: Come on, toes. Give me this mountain. Give me this mountain. Come on, y'all, sing with us at home. Come on,
0: sing with us. Lord. Give me this mountain Y'all
3: better sing praises to his Give name Give me this mountain Whatever you're going through in their life, sing to him Give me this mountain He's able to do it
0: Sing Lord, Lord, in the Lord Give me this mountain God to give, give you this mountain. This mountain. Oh, one more time, Lord, last time, Lord, give me, give, give, me this mountain. Mountain. give me this mountain. Give me this mountain. Give me this mountain. Give me this mountain.
3: Amen. Y'all at home, Now continue to sing with us. Lift up your voices sing praises unto God.
0: When we reach that city of the New Jerusalem Don't you know we're gonna sing, sing Hallelujah Hallelujah, hallelujah. hallelujah Bye and bye Well and, by. and, and how the ransom we will together lift that hymn. Don't in. you wanna go and sing, sing Hallelujah Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah Bye by. and bye. Oh we're what Hallelujah, hallelujah, by and by. Well, don't you know that God will be our sadness, pleasure, never, never, never. Don't you want to go and sing? Hallelujah, hallelujah, by and by. We are everlasting, everlasting demon, don't you wanna go sing. 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 come on and sing? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bye. 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 There then beside the, the crystal Don't you want to go so we can sing Sing hallelujah, sing hallelujah Come on and sing, y'all right Well, lift right. your voice and sing Oh, by the job what the joy, joy When we get home, home. I can't wait so we can rest Sit on down and rest, Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah, Sing hallelujah, Hallelujah, hallelujah,
1: hallelujah, hallelujah. By, and by and by. Amen. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. On this morning, we will be continuing our lament series, and we'll be coming from. Another uh, psalm on this morning. Before we begin, before we begin, I think, you know, since we don't, you know, people tend to get uncomfortable in the seats here and and they don't want to be in the seats too long. But since we're streaming online, I think we can sing another song. I think we can sing another song. Yeah. Uh, Let's sing one that we're familiar with. Let's sing Mansion, Robe, and Crown. Mansion, Robe, and Crown. Mansion, Robe, and Crown. Let's sing. I'm going to trade my earthly home for a better one, bright and fair. Well, Christ left to repair a mansion for his children in the air. And I'll join him in that land where tears
0: no sorrows can be found. I receive a mention My roll, and roll, and Lord, you know mention crown you I, I know there Peace and love Will always, always Abound so let, let, let me, me on, be to Your throne, throne Surround And Lord, please reserved romances that's
2: robe
0: and crown oh and the weather there is always oh, the there's sunshine day and night oh and no oh, cold no, no, no rain oh, will fall there oh, for the oh, sunshine 's ever bright and I'll need no heavy garment. garment I'll just wrap my robe around and i receive a mansion man. man man robe, robe and Crown, robe, and robe and crown With oh, my head bowed and bloody Never from I the work heart. that I've tried to do oh, but, but one, one day, day I'll be rewarded oh, With crown. a frown so bright and new oh, And now wear a smile so bright For there'll be no cause for a